1: November 19th, pre-Thanksgiving edition, I guess, well, pre-first week... Before Thanksgiving? Yeah, it's close enough. Isn't Thanksgiving the following week? Yeah, but I want there's I want not say that.
2: There's only one Thursday game. There's only one Thursday game, Joe. So we gotta
1: next so, week's the pre-Thanksgiving so, edition. So this is not the pre-Thanksgiving? That's that's incorrect for me saying that? This is the pre-pre-Thanksgiving edition. All right. Edition. So this is welcome to the Tuesday, November 19th, pre-pre-Thanksgiving edition of the Roto NFL podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Of course, I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports, and the guy that's breaking down all the pre-pre-Thanksgiving action with me is Jake Latarski You can follow him at Roto jake week 11 is the books we have a board bet that has been paid out and it's time to break down the playoff push rosters for you first before we do any of that and before i get to brag all podcast long let's probably discuss i don't know if it's an atrocity necessarily certainly the sunday night game between the uh the rams and bears was an atrocity of a football game there was some interesting parts of the monday night game against the chiefs and chargers and of course it was in mexico city so we had all that uh additional coverage that went along with it mm-hmm. I think the biggest takeaway at least from what I'm seeing in my Twitter timeline thus far is Philip Rivers and is he done and I'm curious what you thought I know we both ended up watching the game I'm the Chargers beat writer for RotoWire, so I have a bit more of a vesting interest, I think, than you did. But I'm curious to hear your perspective if he's done, like he's he's a bad quarterback now.
2: No, I mean, I watched this game kind of from the perspective of I need Kelsey to do well. I need uh, Tyree Kill to do well. I didn't need Need, fortunately, because he left with a hamstring injury. We'll have to follow up on that. And I needed Keenan Allen to do well, and he had one of his better games in recent memory. So that, so that was good. But in terms of Phillip Rivers man, you could just feel it coming too. I was watching this by myself at home. I wish, I wish someone would have been there to be like, so I could turn over. I'm like, he's going to throw a pick. And then after he chucked the one up that Mike Williams made an amazing catch on, on that last drive, insane catch. You know, that's, that's pretty much his one skill that he, that he brings to the table, but it's a very valuable skill. Um, after that, I mean, who knows? A lot of other receivers that get, get, that gets picked too, that aren't, aren't as athletic as Williams. And then he's coming down. It's like, man, he's going to throw a pick again. And, uh, we do. I do. Uh, I. I have have a call with uh, you know, our CEO Tim Schuler um, every Monday, and beforehand, uh, we, you know, he kind of asked, like, "Oh, what do you expect in this game tonight?" I'm like, "Philip Rivers down seven with the length of the field," <laughs> and we got that like four times in the fourth quarter, right. and that's exactly what happened. And he just coughed it up every single time. So, um, honestly, the whole thing went about as expected for me.
1: So that was two consecutive games with four interceptions. I, you know, I, I've watched these games pretty closely. This one in particular, like the four interceptions, like that's such a grossly high number. Two of them were not his fault. One was where he got bull rushed. The left tackle got completely destroyed. I think it was by D. Ford, slaps the ball out, and it just happens to fall into a player's hands. If that mm-hmm. does not occur, that's an incomplete pass. That, that's not an interception, or maybe it's a fumble, and you could talk about a turnover for Phillip Rivers, but it's not four interceptions. Oh, my God, he's failing. Yeah. The sky is falling down. That's three interceptions. The second one was essentially a punt on a deep pass. That was to Andre Patton. It ended up being about a 60- 60 or 65-yard throw in the air, and we were talking about Patrick Mahomes, and they were showing the, the footage of him throwing 70 yards in Mexico. Well, Rivers was chucking them deep too mm-hmm. and that was essentially a punt and I as a Packers fan I know you've seen it and I immediately thought, oh, that's Brett Favre just doing a punt throw that works out, and maybe mm-hmm. you get a pass interference call, or, yeah. or maybe Patton comes down with it like Mike Williams did mm-hmm. on that last yeah, play. You're right; that, that, those are that, good points. Those this, two that were, doesn't count. Those as... two weren't
2: atrocious. Of course, they count, but they're not as atrocious yeah, to when saying, you look when, at that line. When
1: people are like, oh God, Rivers is falling down. He's just he's a horrible quarterback. No, well, no. well
2: let's go to the last interception, the one that was, that was bad. The, the one that the, uh, <laughs> the the one that left a bad taste in everyone's mouth to that remember. Was bad. With the game on the line, they confused him on the cover. It sounded like. I mean, they gave him one look, and that was the very wrong look, and he threw it up, and he got picked, and and it wasn't even close. Eckler had to play defense at best, and you just didn't have a chance. So that's the one that people have that let that left a bad taste in people's mouth, and that I they it. that they're thinking about and having this conversation now. Is he done? No. Are the Chargers going to make the playoffs this no, year? No. no. Will Philip Rivers be? I don't know a Chicago Bear next year. Maybe. Who knows? I, I think that Sad relationship nut. with I think the relationship with the Chargers is done. Why? That might be done.
1: I mean, what if they move? Is he moving his whole family? Well, I mean, we do know they're moving. They're, they're, they will be in Los Angeles next year. And 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 sounds like he's willing to have his career extended and wants mm-hmm. to be with the Chargers, whether it be mm-hmm. in San Diego or okay. uh, Carson Field or Los Angeles. It doesn't matter. It sounds I guess like that's happening. He does that
2: commute every single day,
1: right? <laughs> right. And uh, you look at the back of like Tyrod Taylor, people are saying, let's bring him in this year. I don't understand that process. He's a great veteran quarterback and, frankly, a good asset for, you look at the Bears, I would imagine they'd be better with Tyrod Taylor right now than Mitchell Trubisky. But I don't think Rivers is going to go anywhere, and I certainly don't think his career is done. I, I'm of the opinion that maybe you're you're different, and this is, of course, a, mm-hmm. a fantasy football podcast as opposed to a football one. But Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback, in my opinion, and, and, and he should be regardless of how these last couple of years play out. I would rather my quarterback take chances, like Rivers did with that deep throw to Andre Patton that got picked mm-hmm. off, then have somebody like Mitchell Trubisky or Jared Goff that only throw the ball 5 yards down the field and you lose a game where you're you're trailing by yeah. 7 the entire time.
2: Yeah, that's very interesting the debate circling all the morning talk shows this morning is Rivers or Eli. I mean, I think Rivers is better than Eli, but the rings say differently, and that's the tough part, and that's what that's what it's gonna come down to every single time. Is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? Man, all these discussions are gonna be really difficult it's, to have in the next couple of years yeah. because is Matt Stafford a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna run into these guys that have these crazy numbers because of how the leagues change and they're gonna have they're gonna have way better numbers than anybody else in the Hall of Fame, but then you're gonna to have to draw the line somewhere. And I don't know if that's going to be with Rivers or not. That's probably out of my line of expertise here.
1: We could spend a little bit more time talking about the Monday fo- Monday Night Football game because there really isn't a lot of key pickups. We'll get to those in a little bit. I did want to talk about the fact, A, Mahomes looks completely healthy at a career-high 59 rushing yards, three separate first downs, were created because he ran for them and I think that was a huge difference in mm-hmm. the game Austin Eckler also had an emergence this contest eight catches 132 total yards and it wasn't just like junk time production that final mm-hmm. drive in fact he really was not targeted nearly as much as he probably should have been yeah. in each of those last two positions yeah, I
2: mean, Mike Williams only targeted five times he had Eckler on the other hand got targeted as many times as Keenan Allen 12 so I don't know if I'd call it an emergence this is something that he's done before when the game flow is going this direction uh, Eckler can absolutely be the leading receiver on this team I believe it's I, you know I want to look that up for sure but I don't don't think it's the first time that he's led the team in receiving yards
1: no 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 absolutely not I think in fact uh, it wasn't the Dolphins game that was like the last game where he was the starter Uh, he played against the Titans he had the most targets and receptions as 118 yards and uh, Hmm. seven catches so
2: I do a radio bit and one of the producers asks me off here every single Thursday he says okay Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler this week yeah And, you know, it gets tougher and tougher to make that decision every week. But I'm basically going to say, okay, if the spread favors the Chargers, then go ahead and use Gordon. If it's the other way, go ahead and use Eckler. And if it's anywhere within one or two points, then you're probably dealing with a coin toss.
1: Well, when I say emergence, and and you're right, he's been doing this for most of the season. But you look at the past couple weeks, so the Raiders in week 10, he only had 12.8 fantasy points against the Packers. Of course, he ran for 70 yards, but he wasn't involved in the passing game. Only four catches that time. He had 13.3 fantasy points. And then the Bears also had 10.2. So the last three weeks, he's barely got over 13 points in any one of those contests. The fact that he was able to get so involved in this one, I think, is more of a byproduct of the Chiefs defense and how bad it's been at stopping those Really, those sha- or shallow. Um,
2: I, but I mean, the Chiefs' defense no. weakness has been a lot of between the tackle runs too, and I, th- I thought that set up perfect for Melvin Gordon. I was playing one of our tech guys in uh, Stake league this week, and I was up by fourteen. I had Hunter Henry, he had Melvin Gordon, non PPR, and I wasn't. Pro- I was worried about it. I thought. Right. I thought it wasn't going to work out. Unfortunately, it was okay because Henry did get that two point conversion. Yep. six for sixty nine yards. He's been pretty good this year. I mean, he's I would say top five tight end, easy the rest of the way out, given the, oh, given the uh, landscape of tight end. But uh yeah, you this would you would think would be a smash spot for Melvin Gordon and it wasn't.
1: So. And Gordon had at least two drops that were bad. And when I say bad, like he should have easily caught and probably could have gotten at least twenty additional that, yeah, yards. Yeah,
2: that's right. That's a good observation. I, I almost forgot drops. about that. Yeah.
1: And maybe that makes a difference, maybe it doesn't, but it felt like the rhythm worked with Austin Eckler and Rivers in this contest. Whereas we've seen in the past, Gordon in his running game has been a rhythm. Now mm-hmm. he is a difference yeah. maker. You exactly. saw that hurdle play where he mm-hmm. got about oh, four no, or five no. additional yards. Yeah. Finished with,
2: he finished with 3-for-21. That could have easily been, you know, 5-for-38. Yeah, yeah, basically. and that's what
1: I'm thinking. And I make, maybe that makes a difference in the outcome um, of his fantasy line, but I don't think a difference in the Chargers win.
2: I agree.
1: Uh, the other injury that did occur, I mean, we talked about Tyreek Hill. Uh, it sounded like it was hamstring, right, and he was not able to play after that. Mm-hmm. Damian yeah. Williams, though, is probably the bigger deal. He, was, he got injured, yeah. and, and LaShawn McCoy came in, did enough, but it was Daryl Williams that got the goal line carry at the end, uh, was able to score a touchdown. Now, if you were rooting for the Mahomes' crazy fantasy line to occur in another Monday night contest, well, the Chiefs' running game kind of took that away because both McCoy and Williams or Daryl Williams scored, which maybe hurt the Travis Kelsey line towards the end or maybe other one of those receivers. Yeah,
2: Travis Kelsey still had you know, one of the best. He did best. great. Yeah, yeah, 7 for 92 on 10 targets and a touchdown. That guy's phenomenal. Six um, of those came in the second yeah, half. Yeah, I know he got off to a slow start to the season, but there's still no tight end in the entire league I'd rather have going into the fantasy playoffs.
1: I agree with you on that one. Uh, maybe, maybe like George Kittle, if he's healthy, gets close. But I don't want Zach Ertz anywhere near any of those two guys. And mm-hmm. that was the debate entering the yeah, season. Yeah. And
2: then where are we going with this conversation, Darren Waller? You know. Well,
1: Waller, Mark Andrews, or Hunter Henry. Yeah, he exactly. that. And yep. that, that's it. Like you yeah, draw the line there. Yeah. And then after that, you're maybe you don't, you there's no such
2: thing as a sure thing. And Hooper's also hurt. And he's hurt so. Right. Exactly. exactly. All right. Well,
1: okay. uh, good. I feel like we spent a fair amount of time talking <laughs> about my Chargers blowing another lead uh, and. I can say my Chargers because they're my second favorite team. It's fine, right? So your second That's, favorite team. Yeah. See, when I was the beat
2: writer for the Browns, they did not become my second favorite team. So uh,
1: it was Melvin uh, Gordon. I think if Melvin Gordon wasn't on the Chargers, mm-hmm. and of course. We're I mean, both do you like the Patriots because of James White or? Uh, I like the Eagles a little bit more because they have Corey Clement. I can't. That's, like I can't <laughs> okay. like the Patriots. <laughs> Just, I, I'm, I'm running back you, ladies first. and gentlemen. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get to some of these interesting pickups, and there's a few, unfortunately not that many, but maybe they can make a difference for your lineups. Before we do that, I want to get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo Daily Fantasy. The NFL season, of course, is officially row at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy has new contests every week with Guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away with a little bit of cash. Just choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy Day. Get started now at yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy. And of course, as our sponsor, uh, it is worth pointing out again that we are trying to target players under 50% owned on our sponsored station, Yahoo. So we're trying to go with the the $100 waiver budget and then high mm-hmm. priority claims. But again, under 50% owned. We're going to cheat a little bit, a little bit starting with the quarterback here, Baker Mayfield. We just had a tw- uh, tweet uh from sid i think and he sends both of us and jerry quite a bit of fancy relevant conversation so shout out to him i appreciate him reaching out to us but he's actually in desperate need of a quarterback and i thought instead of answering him uh, tweeting wise we can just go over it right now um over the podcast i think it's gonna be some pretty mm-hmm. inc- pretty impactful names mm-hmm. baker mayfield was available Derek carr i think is under 70 percent on yahoo right now he wasn't available there but i thought mm-hmm. it was worth mentioning as well and then we have sam darnold going against the Raiders' defense. Those are the top three guys that I think fit our criteria the most, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. I mean, I think the
2: whole targeting the Dolphins has been pretty infallible this year, and even though Carr has been good lately, I, I go with Baker Mayfield in this situation.
1: This was the time, and I've told many people, and I was high on Baker Mayfield, much higher than you, um, but I, you, were, you were fine with him to the most part. But I, mm-hmm. I was thinking Mayfield's going to be a top-five guy. This I drafted him in like
2: my last draft of the year thinking, man, I don't have any shares of our cover yeah. board yet. Maybe I should grab one just in case. Whoops, was that a mistake?
1: Yeah, and it's been a tough one. Thankfully, I've had Lamar Jackson in most leagues. I had Mayfield, but I've been telling people who drafted him, this is the time. This is the period where, if you're going to use Baker Mayfield, he needs to be picked up. They have a great rest of the season playoff schedule Mm -hmm. up until week 16, starting first with the Dolphins. And I think you look at that offense, what they've done lately, Mm -hmm. it's been at least 17 points the last three weeks against good defenses, the Broncos, Bills, Steelers. I mean, that that week
2: where, uh, or that league where I drafted him, the only reason I didn't drop him when they had that bye week Patriots stretch is because I looked ahead to that playoff schedule. So Baker, yeah, fifty four percent. He's slightly above our threshold. You know, maybe if you're not in the first come first serve, I would say it's that's a little bit lower, maybe fifty one percent. But he's the first name you have to type in, and then from there, maybe we can go over some other options. But I mean, th- there's not a whole lot of analysis needed here. This is the Dolphins. They've shown a little bit of life, but uh, I mean, against I w- opposing quarterbacks, they're they're so far apart from the next one. Then that-
1: I want to take a step farther though. Dolphins this week, the Steelers in week thirteen. You might not want to play him there. For the Bengals and Cardinals in week 14 and week 15... Why wouldn't you be starting Sam? Or I'm sorry. Why wouldn't you be starting yeah. Baker Mayfield at the, yeah. in that end? I mean, I mean
2: Darnold actually has a decent playoff schedule too. We yes. can get to that. But uh, okay, so the Dolphins 26th against opposing QBs. 26th, uh, 26th best, I should say. So the <laughs> higher number is bad. <laughs> right. All right, Pittsburgh 14th. Okay, so right in the middle. Cincinnati 29. Arizona 32. So I mean, Miami's actually gotten a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. But there's still a, a spot that you just want to hammer every single and time. And Kareem
1: Hunt has made a difference in terms of receiving aspect. They've been using him really well. Of course, uh, the, the conversation yeah. is. Done as a cut into Chubb's workload, Nick Chubb, I mean, and Chubb's that's still not got really, what like twenty something carries. This exactly. Week, so. I mean, that's that's a different conversation for a different podcast. I know. Listen, Jeff talked about it a little bit on Monday, but Hunt mm-hmm. brings a different element to that offense from the receiving aspect. And while it might be a short throw that Hunt takes for thirty yards, it's still receiving yards at the end of the day for Baker Mayfield. Again, mm-hmm. I think he is one of the top options at the quarterback spot overall. Forget. Pickup-wise, I think he's going to be a top 10, top 12 kind of guy Mm -hmm. this week. And I think the same could be said for a guy like Sam Darnold. Now, my only concern is the Raiders' defense, who the Jets play this week, has gotten significantly better. It seems like those young guys are finally gelling. Max Max Crosby, Mm -hmm. I think it was their fourth or fifth-round pick, had a crazy game last week where he had four sacks. Four sacks. A couple of knockdowns, tackles uh, for loss as well, independent of the sacks overall. The pass rush is now getting there for Oakland. Maybe mm-hmm. it could have been the opponent that they're playing. Of course, it was Ryan Finley and the Bengals. The Bengals are easily the worst team in the NFL right now, which is crazy to say because after two weeks, you would have thought the Dolphins would eat, have that, claimed that throne. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. But maybe it's a situation where the Raiders' defense is getting into their own. Uh, how, how do you feel comfortable about that? I don't know. So,
2: so the Raiders 28th against opposing quarterbacks, so that's not good either, but uh, I mean, if you think Sam Donalds turned a corner, then this would be the time because he had more touchdowns against Washington four last week than he did over the previous four weeks combined. Okay, So he, he had it by far his best game of the year. And then again, Oakland 28th, Cincinnati 29, Miami 26 before Baltimore, and then you can probably cut him because he ends with Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. So uh, in a similar sense with Mayfield, not only is he viable this week, but he's good for the next three weeks if you need a playoff spot. Um I don't know. I, I felt the need to drop Darnold for Kyle Allen last week, so uh what do I, I know? Was I was gonna guess say I is didn't... the time. Am I am I allowed
1: to talk about this now? Is is this is the perfect the time?
2: time? Yeah, go for it. Let me have it. I I started Kyle Allen over Baker Mayfield. I dropped Kyle Allen, uh to get Sam Darnold, and I used Kyle Allen in You dropped Baker Mayfield to get No, I I benched Baker Mayfield to use Kyle Allen. In a different league, I dropped Sam Darnold to pick up Kyle Allen. And on FanDuel, I used Kyle Allen in pretty much all of my lineups. (laughs) but still had better lineups than you mind you now you can take it away that is not
1: that is absolutely not true this was a very good week for me whether it be for mm-hmm. some prop bets or uh, fan duel what was that?
2: what was the staff contest results I mean that's the only thing that I go head to head with you yeah daily, I, I think I was like
1: 13th or 14th I had the Jackson at the quarterback spot so I made okay. a difference there uh, but yeah, no I mean bad. so again if I could play back the the uh, film from last week we put our second overall board bet uh, on the line here and of course it was Mitchell trubisky or Josh Allen in like our second or third podcast, I'm very clearly running away with that yeah, one. That, yeah. Uh, this one I also ran away with too, but I watched and I put my myself through this punishment. <laughs> I put myself through the punishment of watching the Jets and Redskins play <laughs> on Sunday. So did you really win then? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I lost overall, but it felt really good and vindicated after putting myself through a two and a half hour dog fest of a game. You were going to be right. Like, even with Kyle Allen and four interceptions, mm-hmm. you were on point. He threw for a bunch of yards,
2: like 250-something. Like. He
1: had 150 yards with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Both of the touchdowns mm-hmm. from Haskins came in those final six minutes of that contest, both one running, one passing, and completely saved the day. So as much Mm -hmm. as I feel confident you did pay up right away, the Culver's, I wish we could have a Culver Mm -hmm. sponsorship so we could could put this (laughs) gift card out there. You came and presented it to me this morning Mm -hmm. with a bow on it. It had
2: a bow on it (laughs) because I couldn't find a horseshoe. That's what I told you.
1: So with six minutes left, I still nearly lost that one. Thank you, Dwayne Haskins. Going back to that, though. The Jets' defense is just not good. And and even with Dwayne Haskins being a very not good quarterback, and he's certainly that, and even the Redskins' offensive weapons, thankfully for Darius Skyes, that was kind of the reason why mm-hmm. I was able to win that one. You look at Oakland the way they've been doing things this year, I, I really feel comfortable saying Derek Carr is a guy that you have to have in your starting lineup in a, just about every situation.
2: The only league I own, Derek Carr, I also happen to own Lamar Jackson, so it's okay. not going to happen. Okay, all right, fine.
1: But- and and there's a few. Like I, I wouldn't be playing—well, okay, so— Look at Tom Brady's schedule and look who they, the Patriots play this week. Would you rather have Tom Brady in there, who is already complaining about his offense, <laughs> or Derek Carr? I think it's actually Derek Carr.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's safe. I, I need to take a closer examination of the schedules, but gut reaction here is the way. I mean, the way the Patriots run the offense, they're defensive oriented, and uh, you know Tom Brady's what, you know, fifty-four right now. So like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you might have actually uh, been underselling his age. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly.
2: <laughs> I know he's gonna, he's got that AARP card pretty soon coming. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, anyway we get, is, uh, okay, we're getting fine. way off. We're it's getting fine. way off. No, track I'm, there, I'm yeah. saying
1: this mm-hmm. because Carr is under 70% owned in Yahoo. There's probably situations where you can pick him up, at least in shallower leagues. And I think you need to be starting him in most of those cases. Darnold is also in that conversation as well. The other quarterback that I think is maybe a, a kind of viable options, Jacoby Brissett, it's a Thursday night game, and it makes me really concerned to have to use a quarterback, unless it's Deshaun Watson, of course, or something like that kind of ilk, mm-hmm. on a Thursday night game. Because I just don't feel comfortable with the Colts' offense, and we're going to get to the running back position in particular in just a little bit. But I don't know if we get T.Y. Hilton back this week. Maybe Devin Funches returns. I don't know if that's enough weapons to feel comfortable saying Jacoby mm-hmm. Reset's a top-12 guy.
2: Yeah, last I have on T.Y. Hilton. is could be available for Thursday's game against the Texans. That's one where we don't have practice reports yet. You, you, I mean, you need to look at today's. You need to look at Wednesday's, see what happens. You know, you don't feel great about it. You mentioned, I think, getting Funches back maybe as well. It's possible. So, I mean, there's just so many question marks, right, right. between now and Thursday at 4 o'clock that are, or, I mean, Thursday, I should say, you know, 530 Central Time is what we're operating on. So many questions between now and then that need to be answered before I feel super comfortable with Percet. But he, I'll say he's in play, at least I'll give you that.
1: The Texans got run over on Sunday against Lamar Jackson, the Ravens it's a hundred percent certain. So you might want to overreact and think, Oh great. This defense is horrible. JJ Watts out. They're not very good. Just these Thursday night games are so weird. They're so weird, and, and things can happen in ways that you just can't anticipate. Baker Mayfield
2: threw three touchdowns on Thursday night, so weird, right. it, weird it is.
1: And he avoided a melee, which is probably the bigger deal after that whole contest that occurred. <laughs> yes. So I, I wouldn't go out right away and say is a guy that you need to pick up, but you can certainly consider. If you are in two QB leagues, it's worth just running through the names real quickly. Jeff Driscoll, likely going to be starting again. He gives you a bit of a rushing floor that, while you don't feel great starting Jeff Driscoll, at least you're like, oh, I can get four points from running. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you're looking at Jeff Driscoll as an option, you, you probably probably are happy that you get four points overall. Trubisky going against the Giants defense while the Giants are coming off a bye. If there ever were a time, and I feel like we've said this four times for (laughs) Trubisky right now, if ever there were a time for him to do well, it's against the Giants secondary, which has been dreadful and dreadful all season long. I'll tell you what, though. I don't want to go that direction. Mm-hmm. If if I have any any hope whatsoever, I
2: mostly just put Trubisky on here and purposely left Haskins off to draw a reaction out of you. But um... no, I'm fine. With <laughs>
1: that. I'm, I'm totally. Fine. I, I got lucky
0: one week. You're and I'm quit not while you're exactly,
2: he's quit <laughs> exactly. While he's exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, see, the thing is, is yeah, yeah. The Giants have a really horrible pass defense. They're ranked probably in the bottom five, uh, depending on what format you're using. But I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you believe Trubisky was hurt with a hip injury, or no. do you believe he was yanked because? You know, you they had enough. they, are, they yeah. were
1: done. They were done with Trubisky, and maybe it's just the the vindictive Packer fan of mm-hmm. me thinking that There's no way it was a hip injury thing. Yeah, man,
2: poor Allen Robinson. He's such a good player, but he's not <laughs> catching any breaks. The rest you don't of this
1: you year. don't have a sixty minute conversation on the sideline with your starting uh, your starting quarterback unless he's like, no, you're benched. You're, you're
2: yeah, benched. do you think turning all the TVs off at HQ did anything for him? <laughs>
1: Clearly not. Sorry, Mitch Trubisky. A lot of love here in the Wisconsin podcast. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a name I was at least considering. Of course, Miles Garrett suspended indefinitely. I don't know if there's any other Browns guys on the defensive end specifically out. However, I think the loss of Garrett's going to be a bigger deal. And the Dolphins are gonna to have to pass. Did Ogan Joby's appeal
2: go through? I can't
1: remember. We might not know we might not know yet whether or not that happens okay. too. So it, it might be down the road. Either way, Garrett out, I think, makes a big difference <laughs> in terms of projected total for Fitzpatrick. And again, you have to imagine the Dolphins are trailing, so they're gonna be passing. We saw them get a little bit more creative with their weapons. Mm-hmm. Jacquem Grant I mean, had two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm
2: ready to say Devontae Parker's good. He had a he had a pretty good stat yeah, line and absolutely. he had that run of touchdowns earlier in the year. So uh I mean when too. especially when it's it's garbage time and he's getting cushioned he's gonna rack up stats for you so Devontae parker is just fine the browns are 20th against opposing quarterbacks so a little below average and again all of those stats for the first 11 10 weeks were c- compiled with miles garrett right really anchoring the pass rush And when that goes away um you, i mean it's it's a totally different scheme it's a totally different adjusted you know you, you can no longer guarantee to generate pass rush for three four guys anymore
1: you look at the you look at ryan fitzpatrick and you, you look at the dolphins you're like no there's no way i'd go that direction i actually think he might be a sneaky especially in two QB leagues, but even if you really, really, really needed to. I am stake league, I have Josh Allen and then Kirk Cousins on bye. Mm-hmm. I might consider Ryan Fitzpatrick because I won't have to waste any sort of free agent money to pick him up, and he might work at least to get you 20 points, and that's all you're mm-hmm. looking for if you Yeah, I mean, that depending
2: direction. on how much how much shambles you think the Browns organization is. Maybe even a little sneaky DFS play for a GPP. I don't mind Maybe that. sprinkle a buck or two in one of those and see what I wouldn't what go
1: DFS, though, for this next guy, Mason Rudolph. Of course, uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the receiver of the helmet shot, um, and you could argue about whether he deserved it or whatever else. That's a different conversation again for different podcasts. Going against the we Bengals this week, do a whole
2: podcast on what happens at the bottom of a pile, and it wasn't necessarily a pile, but um, uh, yeah, you know, even pre football experience here. It's not pretty.
1: Yeah, uh, they're going against the Bengals. Of course, Bengals the worst team in the NFL. Sorry, Jeff Erickson, it's the truth. I don't even know if the injuries, and they have plenty along the defensive, uh, really it's the defensive front seven in particular, make a difference. But him just throwing for under 70 yards per attempt is kind of the reason why I don't want Mason Rudolph at Mm -hmm. all. It's much like Jacoby Reset, where I just don't know what I'm getting from that offense. Yeah, that's definitely part of it.
2: I was going to say James Conner. Started that game, left early, was done. Juju could be out. Deontay Johnson has, yeah, Deion- oh yeah, yeah. Deontay Deion- Johnson. Washington is actually one of the few on the step chart that doesn't have a red yeah. injury tag next to him. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I put that on there for two QB leagues just to see how I could how far I could go without doing Dwayne Haskins and try to test him. But- <laughs> I, you know, I'm not I'm not
1: going with the Dwayne Haskins route. But if you wanted to put a board bet on F- Fitzpatrick, I'd be all for it. I think he's going to do. Well Mm -hmm. enough where you can feel comfortable.
2: Yeah, that's one we actually agree on. Yeah, that's that's, that's,
1: that's fine. All right, let's move over to the running backs. It was a disappointing week overall, and of course, we talked about J.D. McKissick as a guy that could fill in for Ty Johnson if he was out for concussion. Ty Johnson was active. It ended up being Bo Scarborough, who they pulled Mm -hmm. up In his first start in the first NFL, he scores a touchdown, gets 50-plus rushing yards, and now becomes maybe one of the top waiver-wire options this week. It's very possible. I don't want to ever go down this route of the Lions' backfield Mm -hmm. saying, I need to have them because I got burned horribly on Ty Johnson. But you have to consider him, especially mm-hmm. if you're missing a Marlon Mack like I am and don't yeah. want to guess what's going to happen in the Colts' backfield.
2: All right, maybe an obscure reference, but you know in Harry Potter where the teacher makes him right with the quill. and then This the, is never an obscure the word, reference the, for me. The, the words get etched into his arm. Absolutely, I yes. need to do that with don't spend fab money on Detroit running backs, and I need <laughs> that carved into my arm so every single time I look. That's a I great reference, about, actually. And I think about doing it. I, I'm just not going to do it. but. Uh, but you know what? I'm probably going to do it anyway because I don't have that snaps. tool. Yeah, yeah. See, thirty-two that's, snaps. Yeah, thirty-two snaps. So that's the thing. Forty-nine point two percent for Scarborough, twenty-nine point two percent for Sky Johnson or Ty Johnson, and twenty-three point one percent for McKissick. So the guy we thought was the pickup ended up not playing. You know, playing the least out of all of those guys. So you I,
1: anticipate I, game script wise of mm-hmm. the lines, and the reason why he got the touchdown was because Elliot <coughs> because Elliot fumbled Mm -hmm. Uh, on that second play of the game, and they were able to score a touchdown off that right away. Mm -hmm. They're playing the Redskins this week. I don't think you can assume the Lions are going to be trailing, despite how much I love Dwayne Haskins. I don't, national media out there listening, don't assume I like Dwayne Haskins that much. I just got lucky with you this Mm -hmm. week.
2: Well, you made your tour on the radio stations with that too. I, I did. Ask. That's why I was like, "Wait a minute! I, I thought he just I, went, I thought he just wanted to bet me for the no, no. sake of a bet. Does he actually believe I that? I went all <laughs> out, and I,
1: I'm going to look great uh, as I get to do my my Tour de France run th- through th- thank all you, those. Thank you for garbage time. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Uh, yeah, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't assume the lines are going to be trailing again, and maybe that's where the Ty Johnson McKissicks do well. So maybe it's possible that Scarborough ends up being an okay pickup. But God knows, I just. I I've been, and I I know I shouldn't as a fantasy analyst I shouldn't be like overreactive to one bad outcome yeah. which was I mean, picking up Ty Johnson yeah. but I am I, I'm yeah. hurt by that
2: yeah Washington's 26th uh, against opposing running backs so I mean that's also it's also good for your Detroit backs here when I say those um, but what, you know what's gonna happen is we're each gonna spend 30 plus fab dollars on Scarborough and then it's gonna be a Ty Johnson week finally
1: I would rather go for the Colts backfield if I if I yes. pick it up however and I say this with just the utmost. Sincerity, Please, Indianapolis, please make our fantasy lives easier by already ruling out Jordan Wilkins. Please, can you do that for us? Yes. He's on the injury report. We don't know what the practice status was for Monday. If he's out, Jonathan Williams becomes the top pickup oh, yes. of this week. Okay, I wasn't I, sure if we'd agree on that. Of but, the top mm-hmm. maybe three or four weeks. like I think he got over 100-plus rushing yards against Jacksonville last mm-hmm. week. That might have been a little bit fluky. He's going to command... 80% of the snaps yeah. I think.
2: People are going to flood to Naheem Hines at 17% because he's someone that uh, got some work and had some decent games even alongside Marlon Mack in past years. But Hines' role stays stagnant here. It's Jonathan Williams that if the game script is in any way positive, Jonathan Williams gets the uh gets the nod now. I don't necessarily know. On the road against Houston Thursday night, weird juju. Uh Houston, you know, could use a bounce back game after that yeah. you know, that shellacking they took last week. Um so I don't know if the game script's going to be positive. If it is though, then Williams is your guy here. And even if it's not, he could still be a decent play this week.
1: You're right. The Thursday night bad juju, it just feels like you're gonna get a after, of course, he runs for 100-plus yards, he'll carry eight mm-hmm. carries and 38 yards. This like that yeah. That's what you, I feel like is going to happen because it's a Thursday night mm-hmm. game.
2: The one and only Thursday night good juju memory I can have is when the Packers had all the running backs hurt and Ty Montgomery decided to play running back. Mm, yes. and, and then he had just an amazing game and one that I was at. But for the most part, that's strange. That's not a normal outcome. Anyway, and, and, and that shouldn't lead to anything what we're talking about here. But just, you just know, the whole weirdness of Thursday night is the point I'm trying to get to.
1: Just to reiterate again, if Wilkins is out, I'm considering Williams. If Wilkins is active, and it's entirely possible he could be. He missed, I think, two mm-hmm. games or at least—he missed, missed last week for sure. Mm-hmm. If he's available, this becomes a conversation where I don't want to touch that backfield at all because I think mm-hmm. they're going to operate more by committee. Yeah. Hines, while he isn't going to be the guy that gets all the carries— at least does enough in a receiving aspect alongside with Williams and Wilkins, mm-hmm. where it's a situation yeah. I want to avoid.
2: So here's a scenario. I'm gonna I'll just show all my cards on this because you're in the other half of the stake league. We're not in the exact same one. Um, I have Marlon Mack. I do too. Obviously broke his hand. He's not gonna play. He, he hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks, so it's not too bad. But I have Marlon Mack. I also am still rostering David Johnson and Chase Edmonds, who even if I wanted to, they're on bye, bye weeks this week. Um, so Devin Singletary is one, and then I don't have a second starting running back. I lost out the Brian Hill bid. By $3, I put 63 on Brian Hill, and mm. Parr got him for 66 so, uh So I lost out on that bet, I, I, and I picked up Jalen Rashard, but that's not, that no. was just to have a guy yep. in case of emergency. Um, well, here you are. Here's so, the emergency. So here I am. Here is my emergency. Um, if Wilkins is ruled out, and thankfully our, our stake league fab doesn't run until Thursday night, if Wilkins is ruled out, I'm going to put the rest of my... 71, 60, I don't know. i got something like that. I'm going to put the rest of my rainy budget on Williams just because this will be the last week I really need it. And who knows, maybe we could get some utility moving forward. And also, who knows, Marlon Mack and Jonathan Williams, I could do the same thing I did with David Johnson and Chase Edmonds sure. earlier, hoping one of them has a good game. So uh, maybe some utility behind that. Really banking on only one-week utility, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And I,
1: I am unfortunately in completely different scenario despite being the same scenario. So, of course, we talked about this in a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago, well, probably a couple of months ago. I traded DeAndre Hopkins and somebody else to get Marlon Mack and Josh Allen. So now I have Ronald Jones as my starting running back and Marlon Mack. The only guys behind him are Rashad Penny, um, and I don't even know who the last... Oh, Ty Johnson was the other guy, because I yeah, wasted I mean, all my budget on him. Yeah,
2: guys we are projecting like less than three fantasy right. points for this week. So
1: I might go after a Bo Scarborough, in this case, over the Colts' backfield, because I feel a little bit safer saying I'm getting 5-10 to 10 from Scarborough, whereas the upside play is much more in Williams' favor. Mm-hmm. I don't have the fab budget to get either one of those guys, though. I suspect I'm going to have to just you know, troll the waiver wire. I've gotten narrow- I've
2: you know, this is just pure luck, which happens sometimes. I've gotten narrowly beaten out in fab bids for Hill and Ty Johnson, maybe because other owners listen to me here, mm. hyping these guys up and saying exactly what I'm going to bid and then go $3 over, which who knows is saving me for myself. But uh, I've got the fab money left to get these guys, and I will be placing bids on both of them. One of the running back I want to bring up before moving on to the next position, uh, I looked on Monday night. That might have changed since then, it's, but Darius Guy is no, so only
1: 48% owned. So this is the last week. This is the last week we're talking about Darius Geis. And Mm -hmm. again, I I sat through and I punished myself watching that Redskins-Jets game. He played really well. Mm -hmm. And it, it is not a question whether he should be starting over Adrian Peterson or not. It is not a question. He mm-hmm. needs to be in there. Whether the Redskins choose to do that or not is a different question, or, or a, di- now, a different thing altogether that Washington has to deal with. Geis is by far the better player. Mm-hmm. He was explosive. He was able to do something with the catch, and again, that was basically the reason why I was able to beat you in that bet was because mm-hmm. Geis was an explosive player. He's by far the best offensive weapon right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, he caught that 145-yard receiving yes. touchdown, which you know was a lot of him and not a lot of Haskins. Right. Um, but anyway, coming up, Detroit, 32nd against running backs. Carolina, 30th against opposing running backs. Green Bay, 28th against opposing running backs gets a little tougher against Philly but if he's got the job by then and is locked for 20 touches I don't have a problem starting him in your playoff semifinals and then in the playoff championship Giants 23rd against opposing running backs who will have essentially folded the season at that point anyway and you know maybe I don't know Washington probably should say that's but they're a not top that's
1: a top 20 option in five of those last six yeah weeks, at so least. he should
2: I mean we talk about Williams Hines Wilkins Scarborough all these guys Geis is the first name you need to type in, and Geis is the guy you need to empty the rest of your FAB budget
1: on if he's absolutely. Out there. Absolutely, absolutely. 100% in agreement with you, and I hope that uh, listeners can take advantage of Darius Geis. We've been talking about him for a couple weeks. This is it. This is the last week we can really mentioned him because yep. I think he's about to yeah, go off. Yeah, because
2: once he, once he uh, takes care of business against Detroit here, then yeah, he'll be 70% at this time next week.
1: We're going to move over to the receivers, but first I want to get a word from our sponsors, World Fantasy Pools. Already knocked out of your survivor pool. You end up losing early in the season. Feeling like your success was mostly based on luck or wish there's some alternative when you could actually use your fancy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses? Well, now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you the first-of-its-kind game-type stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes the traditional concept of survivor pools that players are familiar with and adds a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you'll use your fancy knowledge to choose an athlete and achieve a designated stat line. Achieve that stat line and you advance. Fail to do so, and you're going to be eliminated. Be the last to survive or make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a a designated stat line to advance and win. It's just that simple. Sign up and play today at www.worldfantasypools.com. That's worldfantasypools.com. We talked about James Washington last week, Debo Samuel, who had another great game, Hunter Renfro, Demaryius Thomas, who ended up being serviceable enough, Paul Richardson, who, of course, was ruled out moments before game time, and Josh Reynolds, who became even more of a big name after uh, um, Robert Woods was mysteriously ruled out prior to Sunday's game, ended up being the de facto mm-hmm. number two behind Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's
2: a situation worth following up on. I not any details came out on that at all yet, and there's nothing that I can remember. Other than it was a
1: personal thing, and mm-hmm. it, it was weird because um, the – oh, man, I'm, I'm blanking. There was a situation with Damian Williams, actually on Monday night, who missed the two practices on Friday and Saturday, also due to personal reasons, and we had no other additional information besides that. So it was weird mm-hmm. to see in two critical primetime games, two critical players – in Robert Woods, who definitely um, messed me up in one league, and and certainly another way I was at least paying attention towards the end of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that they are both ruled out, or at least in the case of Williams, you had, had to be concerned about his status. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: absolutely, and, and of course, if you know, and if those guys get ruled out again. Reynolds played ninety four point five percent of the snaps, and that's uh, that's definitely worth noting there. And you know they did go to more of a heavy run gate based approach. Two tight end sets a lot. A lot of two tight end sets. But the, uh, the the snap share was really interesting in two tight end sets. Johnny Munt got way more snaps than Gerald Everett, so I'm not quite sure what the. I and think Higby, that was just the second stat. guy. Yeah, well, Higby was one with seventy six point four percent. Munt sixty nine point one percent. And uh, Gerald Everett twenty five point five percent interesting yeah so that's, that, yeah I, I gotta that's, that's look r- at that data I mean, maybe again,
1: maybe it's going against the Bears you're doing something different. However, mm-hmm. I'll bring up the fact that, again they play Monday night, so if you're concerned about what Robert Woods' stats is going to be and, and think it's dependent, rightfully so, on what Josh Reynolds can do, the Ravens secondary <laughs> has been fantastic and they've gotten now healthy and of course they acquired mm-hmm. Marcus Peters as well. It's not to the point where I wouldn't start all my guys against that like you know like the Mike Evans of or Chris Godwins of the world like the really good players mm-hmm. that. But I don't want to really go against them if I have the option. So Josh Reynolds is not really going to be a guy I'm targeting this week, despite my love mm-hmm. for him. I will, however, be using Debo Samuel uh, in just about every situation. I think moving forward, to me, he has made he has made his emergence, and I was pretty critical of him entering the year. There is a lot of people at RotoWire that liked him quite a bit. Jerry Donabedian, a fantastic uh, writer for us, analyst, does a lot of different stuff. Was really high in Debo, uh, and I, I didn't see it. I, I'm I'm very clearly seeing it now, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and I'll be the first to admit to Jerry. I think mm-hmm. think you're onto something.
2: Debo's good. Well, here's the deal: twenty-one targets in the last few weeks. They're both uh, caught eight passes in both of them. 112, 134 yards. Awesome stat lines. Um, still hasn't found the end zone.
1: Uh, that K- will happen this week. Can I put a? Can I put <laughs> on the Packers' defense? That will 100 percent happen. Debo is going to be scoring. Prop bets out there. We could put it down whatever you want. Mm. If uh, DFS wise, I'm all in on Debo yeah. scoring.
2: I, I'm not as just because Emmanuel Sanders is going to be healthier and Kittle has missed both of those games in which uh, you know Debo He's got, got yes. all the, all the targets. Yep. So uh, yeah, it's a decent fantasy outlook moving forward. But people are going to be paying up for the last two weeks of productions, and I'm I, I'm not necessarily sure. That it's there. I mean, he's been healthy for almost the entirety of the year and hasn't always been super involved. You know, you look at the rest of his game log. Had a really good game week two against Cincinnati, who is who is trash, and then from there on. Um, I'm not here to say he's bad or that he's not worth adding because I think he is. But I'm just saying maybe maybe just pump the brakes a little bit on on the hype here and and the victory laps because he he'll have some tougher matchups ahead here and and the offense is going to get healthier and the game flow is also going to be to a point where you know maybe not against the Packers but you know a lot of these games. Uh, The 49ers have a pretty tough schedule, actually, heading out. Except for fifteen and sixteen, so you know, generally the story with the forty nine ers this year is with the easier schedule, the game flow is not really ser- you know right. servicing pass catchers. So, so there's that concern. There's everybody else getting healthy, and and maybe a little bit of recency bias. Our only, my only two reasons to pump the brakes on Debo, I'm not rushing out to max bid him in leagues where I don't have him. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I, I, only because I would rather waste it on a position that is higher utility, whether it be running back or even tight end, frankly. Mm-hmm. But you look at the Packers and how specifically they've handled the defensive uh, or they've handled tight ends. You talk about Kittle coming back. Maybe that does make a difference. Darren Waller tore him apart. They had seven catches, 172 yards, three touchdowns. Foster Moreau factored in a little bit there. But Travis Kelsey had the touchdown, 63 yards receiving the the week after. Hunter Henry did damage with, I think, like seven or eight catches. And then this past week, Greg Olson became like Greg Olson of 2010 was a a big factor, too. So very clearly, uh, or I'm sorry, the past week, they had bye, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, you know, very clearly the Packers' defense is not doing well, stopping anybody. I think Samuel makes a lot of sense. Uh, And even if Kittle returns, he's going to be an option, of course. Mm We could talk about Hunter Renfro as well. Uh, Much like I was very high on Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins receiving core last week, you look at uh, the Raiders and playing the Jets. I think Tyrell Williams is going to be a guy that I need to have in my lineup. But going down a little bit further, Hunter Renfro, again, five catches, 60-plus yards, He's very clearly the guy that, maybe besides Darren Waller, the Raiders look too often, and they have a lot of plays that they run utilizing Renfro in the middle of the Mm -hmm. field. And kind of like Austin Eckler, despite the positional differences, that's the same type of role that they use in offense.
2: Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we mentioned this at the beginning, but Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, Vikings on bye this week. That's a lot of good receivers. Yes. There, you know, Kirk Fitzgerald, Tyree Kill with the injury, Sammy Watkins, Stephon and Diggs. you know, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Stephon Diggs. I don't know if Thielen was coming back anyway. Keenan Allen, Mike, you know, Mike Williams. All of these pass catchers are on a bye week here coming up. So if you have to start Renfro as your wide receiver three in a PPR league. I can live with
1: it. Yeah. I, much like you were talking about Danny Amendola in a couple podcasts before as an option, I think, mm-hmm. think Renfro's like a higher Cole, upside Cole one. Cole Beasley. These guys yes, all, yes, yes, it it's Cole like Beasley. they're
2: all, they're all the, the same kind of mid-level tier. Uh, one other name I wanted to mention, just to toss in the ring again because we were cheating on this podcast, Robbie Anderson's 53% owned. So if you buy any of that uh, Darnold mm. coming back, um, I don't know, at least Robbie Anderson, we've seen him have ceiling games before.
1: He's the he's much more dependent I think it's Saren's scoring, I'm totally fine with it, but he's much more dependent on scoring a touchdown. And I again I watched that game. I, I don't know why I put myself through, but I did. So I guess to you the viewers, take this nugget from what you can. They weren't utilizing him as a red zone threat very much, and they weren't utilizing him in the passing mm-hmm. game. It was a lot with Le'Veon Bell, Lawson, Jamison Crowder, right. and they had Ryan have, Griffin.
2: He only had three targets, so fair enough.
1: It just it just wasn't the guy that they were going after very often. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of other options that the Jets are going to use instead of Anderson. Not to say they can't go off, break a big play against the Cowboys. Yep.
2: And now that I think about it, his ownership is probably a little higher than it should be because of the name recognition because of what he's done in the past.
1: Yeah, somewhere around that. I do want to talk about Darius Slayton real quick before we move on to the Titans and defenses. They play the Bears. The Giants play the Bears this week. Of course, they're coming off a bye week. We don't know the, the status of Sa- Saquon Barkley's health. I don't even know if that makes a impact. I think the fact that Sterling Shepard may or may not come back from his uh, multi-week concussion absence could be a bigger deal. But if you're going to pick up Darius Slayton, this is the last week to do so. I, I, mm-hmm. I think that he's going to get involved even if Shepard comes back. And maybe Evan Ingram might be a bigger deal as well. We have a lot of different injury concerns we have to worry about for the Giants, but Slayton's a real player, and I think he's yeah. going to be a weapon for the Giants moving forward. I've
2: got a bunch of shares of Golden Tate, so uh, you know the less pass catchers around, the better, I guess. But uh, Sterling Shepard did put in a full, full participant in Monday's practice, um, so maybe he comes back. I guess we'll see on that. Uh, Barkley's going to have regular old same workload, so uh, I'm not too worried about that there.
1: And then Evan Ingram. That was the other guy I was, I was wondering about that I, I'm curious yeah. about. Yeah, so the
2: thing is it's starting to get crowded again, so if I'm feeling not so great about my Golden Tate shares, then I'm really not feeling so great about the Slayton shares because Slayton and Shepard seem to be pretty uh, – I don't know, codependent, I guess you could say. That's probably not the right word for it, but you know they're the inverse of each other. Yeah, inverse.
1: well, I wasn't worried about Tate. Like, I, I think Tate's production is independent of what Slayton can do. Correct. But the speed aspect is something I think the Giants are missing a little bit, and he's just one of those faster players in the league that – Daniel Jones, they they seem to have a good repertoire together, and I think that's an important mm-hmm. important thing to acknowledge, especially since Shepard missed almost all the preseason with the broken hand, has been missing multiple weeks of the concussion. Like there, there might not be as good of chemistry with him yeah. as maybe a guy like Darius Slayton. I'm so torn
2: in one league. I've got Cousins on a bye, and Daniel Jones is my only other active quarterback. So I'm definitely cutting Kyle Allen this week. Uh, you know, good for right you, Darnold. You know, I'm going to cut bait there. But, you know, uh, Daniel Jones against the Bears, is, it's such a bad matchup. But I'm projected to win by a ton of points against a guy who's equally wrecked by buys and one of the worst teams in the league to start with. And it's a, yeah, I have to pay for transactions, too. So do I need to do you get need rid to, of Daniel Jones yeah. or Kyle Allen to pick up one of these decent streamers I have to win the game? And I don't know, I've also got Golden Tate, so I'm thinking, like, oh, maybe I'll just leave – Daniel Jones and, and uh and Golden Tate in there and if they hook up once then uh then I'm golden.
1: I have not been in any leagues where you have to no pay for to transactions, but I, I do love that for literally that exact mm-hmm. reason where you have to debate do I really need to pay mm-hmm. a couple dollars here to win this matchup or is it possible like yeah, I, yeah, I, I love that aspect
2: we, I mean it's only like a buck a piece right. but after Which 10 fine. you get your first 10 are freebies and then you got to do it but it's like if I if I don't do I really need to pay a dollar to get maybe 2 3 extra points in this yeah. matchup so that's my dilemma
1: I think that's a it's a relevant question and so I, I love I love the different variances of fantasy football and it's probably something that we could have Dedicated one of our earlier August pod- podcasts too. That just mm-hmm. that many different ways you can play. Um, I, th- I mean, we could talk a little bit about Devin Funchess, but I'm not con- I'm not convinced he's going to make a difference even if he returns. Again, the Colts mm-hmm. play Thursday, so we at least get the added benefit of knowing what's going to happen with yeah. his status. But I think it's I think
2: De- Devin Funchess gets this year's podcast award for most times added in by Joe after Jake's passed through the outline. <laughs> <laughs> there has been there's
1: been, there's some, been, there's been <laughs> twice it's been two times and it was all because of Ty Hilton's injury mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's the only yeah, reason I guess. Why. but now he's
2: on the IR with collarbone injury he Hilton might come back he hasn't played since week 1 there's not a ton of interest there the the playoff schedule is all right but uh I I don't know. I guess I'm not too crazy about it. I think
1: if this was an Andrew Luck passing attack, I'd feel a little bit more differently, like I would want to have multiple players. You just read my mind. That's exactly what I was about to say. But with Jacoby Brissett, and again, weird things happening on Thursday, (laughs) it's just not something I feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with. So uh, I did want to bring that name up because I I think he's close to returning, or at least if he doesn't return this Mm -hmm. week, he's not eligible to return It's a
2: wait-and-see approach. Maybe if you've got dead weight on your bench and you're not charged for transactions – give him the last spot and see what happens, and then be ready to make him your first drop if it doesn't work out.
1: Worth pointing out, like in NF- NFFC leagues where you have to have pickups in by week 13, you can't make any other transactions, you might consider funches I would rather have the second kicker or defense, mm-hmm. and that's where I think a guy like Chris Liss, who's been very good in those competitions for a while, has been recommending people to do that often. So just something to, to point out. Uh, before we move on to the Titans, or Titans, yeah, we could talk about the Titans, uh, or we could talk about tight ends and defenses, I do want to get a word in from Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real-time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. Do you know what the next play is going to be? Predict it and earn points, climb the leaderboard, and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all World of War subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mentioning them there. So you can also form your own league with fancy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair Quarterback, make every game bigger or we talk about the tight ends, and I got to do my victory lap about Dwayne Haskins and beating you for it. My bigger victory lap was talking about Ross Dwelly and how big of an impact he would be if George Kittle was eventually Mm -hmm. ruled out. Two touchdowns later, and you might have stumbled into one of the better DFS values of the entire week, and certainly a guy that I was able to claim even after waiver Warriors had processed. And I think he might have had one called back too, if I remember. Oh, correctly. Oh man, I don't even know that. that. You Don't that,
2: make me that, angry. I don't see. <laughs> or I think maybe he got one called back and still scored on the same drive, so it wouldn't have made a difference. Okay, anyway, fine, fine. It was fine. something like that. Well, I don't know. They. I, I was watching the Tony Romo game in the afternoon and just kind of peeking in on that every so often. Um, but no, Russ Early was the reason that my Kyle Allen led DFS lineups did fine this week because you know I got I got him for next to nothing, and I mean. Man, he's going to he's going to be interesting but only I'm going to stay at it only as long as Kittle's out. And right, Kittle's, exactly, yes. Kittle's yes. fixing for a comeback this week, so I think I think, might, Kittle I think comes the Dwelly era might be over.
1: Yeah, I think Kittle comes back, so your chance to use him more than these last two weeks and really only benefit against the Cardinals defense. If though, if Kittle doesn't come back and it sounds like he is, but if he's not, don't be afraid by the Packers' defense. Again, they've allowed at least, I think, uh, eight to ten fantasy points to that position each mm-hmm. last four or five weeks. They're susceptible to the pass, the run, just but everything else. He might not score a touchdown, but he's going to get you four or five receptions and 50-plus yards. I feel pretty confident saying the 49ers' offense is going to handle it themselves. Uh, of course, we had the O.J. Howard resurgence last week and we got the O.J. Howard benching this week. So thanks again, uh, Buccaneers coaching staff. It sounded like at least after halftime because he only played like mm-hmm. 25% of the snaps. Yeah, it after was half-time. I
2: mean, the overall spread was 75 25 Cameron Braid to O.J. Howard. I picked O.J. Howard up. I even used some of my fab money in preparation for Kelsey being out in two leagues, and I'm kind of back to the drawing board in this. So um, I guess I'm going to go after Cameron Braid after catching 10 to 14 targets for 72 yards. 14 freaking targets. I mean, yeah. granted, it'll probably be the Mike Evans game this week. Or, the, or, the Chris or Godwin will get yeah. 20 targets or something like that. This is just such a mess. Um, but I don't know. I, I, li- I like playing that game more than you know Ryan Griffin or Dawson Knox. Or Jets Darren Fellows,
1: your boy that didn't score a touchdown finally this past week and of course yeah, the Texans finally. choked all together. Of those options, I think the guy you want to go after the most is Kyle Rudolph. And I'm not sure if he's available. He's, he's out there and uh, he's owned in 55% of leagues mm-hmm. right now. But I had a lot of conversations with my radio broadcast over this past week talking about, "Hey, you know, Kyle Rudolph, uh do you want to start him this week or should he be picked up?" In shallow leagues, he cert- certainly needs to be rostered, but I also think mm-hmm. he's just an option outright to start, in most, at, mm-hmm. at least with Adam Thielen. Now, of course, yeah. Vikings are in a bye this week, so that doesn't really matter to this extent, but mm-hmm. you're looking for those fringe 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 tight ends mm-hmm. in a 12-team league. Rudolph has to be in that consideration.
2: Yeah, and I mean, with it, <laughs> just like Boomer says, right, with a name like that and the holidays coming up. <laughs> You got to, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. So the bye week, I bet you he's going to be under our threshold by the time the bye week comes because people will catch bait with him. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not saying pick him up this week, but,
1: but maybe hold on to him if you can. I think his production is coinciding with Adam Thielen out. So if mm-hmm. Thielen is able to completely heal up, of course he was active one game and then seemed to re-injure the hamstring injury after three him, plays.
2: Him and Irv Smith both caught touchdowns in the right. comeback effort. So that's uh, that's probably worth noting too. I'm going to see if I can grab the snap share real quick.
1: Yeah, and Irv Smith has been fantastic. We've talked about him in past pro- uh, past podcasts. To me, he's one of those Evan Ingram type players where mm-hmm. he doesn't even look like a tight end when you see him on the field, but he is so explosive. <clears throat> Rudolph is different, but he certainly seems to be Rudolph working in conjunction with uh, Cousins. Mm-hmm. And, you know,
2: I think you're right about the Thielen thing because Rudolph 87% of the snaps, Irv Smith 81% of the snaps, and they've actually been pretty similar. I mean, Rudolph dominated early on. It's gotten a little bit close. Now they're both up to a similar number of snaps, and, you know, maybe some of that's game flow, but... Uh, At some point, both guys are ownable.
1: The Vikings' offense is just getting the best players on the field. And I think with Thielen out, you don't want the Bissy Johnsons or uh, Laquan Treadwell. To be out there having to make difference makers, whereas Irv Smith has been a difference maker, Kyle Rudolph has been a difference maker. The Vikings have just simply been trying to get the better talent on the field, and that's where you're getting the byproduct. Of both those guys out there. I want to talk about the defenses. The Raiders ended up being pretty good. Of course, the pass rush was excellent. They're going against the Bengals. I think they got 13 fantasy points in like most standard formats that I'm in. I was I was quite happy with that. The Jets, Redskins. Uh, you actually could get viability out of both of those sides of things. Uh, the, the I think the Redskins even got a few sacks, which saved the day. But of course, the Jets did a little bit better. Haskins did throw a pick. The production at the end by my boy Haskins ended up making it a little less viable, but it was out there. And the Cowboys as well. Let's talk about a few guys that are in, or a few defenses that are going in specific matchups. Again, the Raiders. Again. Might be a multi week start now. They're going against the Jets this week. They're my top pickup again. If you didn't go out and get them last week, I feel pretty good about what that defense is doing in their pass rush in particular. It's worth it. I'm curious what you think, though. Um, you know,
2: I'm kind of lukewarm on some of these guys. I'm trying to look up defense options myself, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you got a lot of guys listed Falcons against the Bucks, Giants against the Bears, Raiders against the Jets. These guys are all okay. But I'm starting to look at my favorite one here, see if I can find it here. Um, But I'm I'm warming up to the Denver Broncos, who are only 20% owned, and they're better than – you know, they're better than a lot of the defenses in the league. They're at Buffalo this week. Josh Allen's a little bit turnover prone, so generally road option here. And then, uh, and then after that, the schedule. You got the Chargers and, and Philip Rivers at Houston. That's tough. So, so it's tough over that. But uh, you know, for a one week option, Denver. But I think you like some better. Uh, you like some better long term options.
1: Yeah. So I just want to rank the ones this week. I would go Raiders. I had forgot about the Broncos. That's a good one. I would go Raiders number one. I'm gonna. Go Broncos number two with Josh Allen and and the Bills. And then Falcons number three with Jameis Winston with always the potential to throw a pick. like that, that. That's mm-hmm. A pick six is very much in the realm of possibility. You can never like assume it's going to happen, but if there are ever a quarterback you can assume that for, it's whoever's going against Jameis Winston. So the Falcons defense mm-hmm. number three, Giants four, but I think the Giants are still very viable with Mitchell Trubisky and that dismal offense running things right now. Are the
2: Giants at home this
1: week? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if
2: I can get my check boxes here. So I've got. Uh, let's see here.
1: I don't know if they are at home or not. That's gonna. That's interesting because the Bears obviously played in Los Angeles this past weekend. So
2: the Bears are six point favorites. I think it's at Chicago. Okay. So that maybe that uh, well, I don't know that dims the magic of the Giants down a little bit for me. Uh, you know the Broncos they're underdogs too on the road but by a little bit less.
1: Okay. I mean that, mm-hmm. that's that's fair enough. I do want to just give this tidbit to the listeners right now. If you've made it through the fifty plus minutes of this podcast, you have got gold. You are listening to Gold at this exact moment. Mm -hmm. That's the Philadelphia Eagles defense needs to be picked up this week. You will not start them. I am not saying you are going to start the Philadelphia Eagles defense against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. That's fine. Don't play them, but you need to roster them and not have to worry about any waiver wire claims for when they play the Dolphins, Giants, and Redskins in the three consecutive weeks. This is a no brainer. And this is one that if I, I like to have two defenses often, but this one makes all the sense in the world if they are available right now. They probably were. They're were playing the Patriots this uh, past week. They played the Seahawks this week. If they were dropped, you need to go pick up that defense because their next three weeks following, especially in the fantasy playoffs, mm-hmm. are top five fantasy defense material.
2: Yeah, I'm taking your advice here. I just put I even used one dollar in Fab here for them this week. So uh, so let's get after it.
1: I think that's I think that's the way to go. And of course. Uh, that really does it for us on the rest of the Fancy mm-hmm. Podcast. You're yeah. able to make it through.
2: Yeah, you know, to bring it full circle, I'm actually – Kyle Allen was my drop for that transaction there <laughs> that we just did. Here. So, so we're bringing it, it full note. circle there. All right. <laughs> hey, guys, ratings and reviews. That helps us for playoff time.
1: Yes, yes, please do. Of course, we're going to keep doing these podcasts through the rest of the Fancy Playoffs. Into Week 17, you'll be getting some beautiful – uh, podcast magic from us and the rest of the road podcast mm-hmm. out there. Of course, you can listen Monday uh, for Jeff and Liz. Jeff also maybe has... We'll,
2: maybe we'll do at the end a little uh, show about what we change about fantasy football. Oh, yeah. Because that, you mentioned a... that earlier, and I'm like, okay, once we get to week 17, yeah, we, we have, have a sponsorship that extends us through the regular <laughs> season, so we'll be here an extra week. Hope you stay. Hope we're entertaining enough for you to stick around with us, even with free agent pickups not being a thing, but we'll be around here for yeah, it.
1: Yeah, and Jeff always has great guests on Wednesday. I love the rendition of Thursday Rotoware podcast with Mar- Mario and John, they've been excellent. And Mario in particular has been really crushing some of the analysis that he's had if you're into the gambling perspective of things. And, of course, on Friday we have the what is, I assume is going to be an award-winning uh, DFS podcast with Andrew Laird and the company. Uh, they've been doing a great job. So thanks for listening to us, and best of luck to your fantasy lines.